Welcome to the show, everybody. We're excited today to bring on Chris Senkbeil, and he is a VP and shareholder at Unico and the founder and CEO of Faro, which is an insure tech company that we're really excited to talk about today. Um, so we're, we're going to bring his experience in the industry and then why he created Faro, and, and just kind of have a general conversation about insure tech and where that's at uh, in the industry as a whole. So it's going to be a really fun conversation and hope everybody enjoys. Welcome to the Getting Past the Premium Podcast, where we focus on breaking down risk management problems bit by bit until we find a solution. If you would like to discuss anything you hear on GPP with us, please reach out using the links in the description. Enjoy today's episode. Thanks for coming on, dude. Yeah, welcome, man. Thanks for having me. It's going to be a fun one. Can't wait. Yeah, so... Let's nerd out on some insurance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good. <laughs> um, yeah, so quick, give everybody the who you are and, you know, quick history of... Because you're in the industry, you've got some insure tech background, all that. Maybe yeah. walk through that a little bit. Yeah, so I'm a uh, <clears throat> farm boy, Nebraska native, and... Uh, uh, ended up in Omaha in uh, 2006. I've pretty much been in, in Omaha ever since and uh, started working with Unico coming up on eight years ago now um, and just fell in love with the industry and um, but also saw a lot of opportunity for change and, and progress and um, so during that time you know you go out and start talking to clients and trying to understand hey like what what works for you about this process and what doesn't work for you and Oftentimes they're pretty willing to give you oh, yeah. solid feedback, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to, and not always positive, but uh, but it's helpful because you're trying to identify like, hey, how do we all these things we talked about, right? How do we serve you better? How do we make this experience better for you? And then so doing, how do we make the experience better for us at the brokerage, right? And and improve things. So um, that was really kind of the the. Uh, foundation for the idea for Pharaoh was just based off of client feedback, going out and talking with them and, and figuring out um, areas where we could serve them better. Um, and so that's kind of what got got the ball rolling on that. And and then, you know, you start thinking about, and you guys have kind of gone through this journey with launch, you start thinking about, um, like, okay, what's step number one towards actually <laughs> doing something, oh, yeah. right? I get this idea. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm famous for the got I got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if it's a good one. But. I have about a, a million dollar idea. At least I tell my wife every day, but yeah. Uh, yeah. fewer executed on. But yeah, so you get started on the process, though, you know, and and just trying to figure it out. And for me, the first step was: here's what I'm hearing. Is there anything out there right now in the marketplace, insure tech or other brokerages, right, that are using something that we should be using that address these? And as you go out and start looking around, um, we didn't really identify anything that quite solved kind of what we were looking to solve for. Um, so that was step one. Step two is, all right, we got to find somebody who can actually help us execute this, you know, this vision. And um, we were fortunate enough to get uh, plugged in with the, the Omaha Startup Collaborative, and they kind of coached us through how to get from A to Z. And um, I think we're probably somewhere around uh, P right now on the, on the alphabet, <laughs> yeah. but uh, we're we're working through it little by little. So that's step by step, right? Yep. yep. So well, what is Faro from a high level? Yeah. So um, ultimately, it's a client platform. So we really wanted to looking at the industry. We we kind of stepped back and said, okay, if we're going to create a client platform. 
um, what's the, you know, what's the easiest path, path of least resistance to do that and do that well, considering integrations and legacy systems like agency management systems that um, can My be favorite a favorite topic. Yeah. Source yeah. of frustration for people <laughs> in terms of just really? data, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's tough to get data in and out and help, you know, use it the way you want to use it. Ow. Yeah. <laughs> Not very much, but a little bit. Yeah. So that, you know, so really for us, that was it is we want to create a client platform um, and we want that platform to actually represent ownership of the process to the client, right? To the policyholder. So a little bit different take, I think, than some of the existing insure techs out there that were a lot of broker focused uh, solutions or insurance company focused solutions. We said, what would it look like for us to actually create a, a client focused solution um, that actually allows the rest of the industry to come together surrounding or aligning around the, the client? And so that was really the, I think, the differentiator for us is just a little bit of a philosophical difference yeah. um, to who owns the data, basically, because yeah. I think brokerages kind of sometimes think, gosh, we own the data. It's like, no, we don't. It's it's the client's information. That's all their data. I think insurance companies are, you know, to some degree guilty of the same thing, which is, hey, this is this is our data, right? We're, our, we're underwriting it. We control it. We process it. And so the the you know, the philosophical approach to having a client take ownership and control that, I think empowers the rest of the industry to actually do their jobs more efficiently and better because you're actually getting a source of truth or an endpoint for data to flow. And so I always use this analogy. I don't know if it's a good one or not, um, but you think about fragmentation. Elliot will tell you. Yeah, yeah, please do. Yeah, I, I'm open to feedback. I'm open to feedback. I'm usually pretty honest. Yeah, that's a good thing. I, I tend to be too, which gets me into trouble at times, but that's okay. Yeah. But, you know, you look at the industry and you think, okay, there's a lot of insurance companies yeah. and they all have their own silos. Some of the insurance companies have 37 business units within oh. the company itself. And, and 37 companies. Yeah, and, yeah, you nailed it. And they all have their own tech, their own way of doing things. They may have a self-service or client portal to some degree, but that just ends up in being a, a fairly uh, non-integrated or dysfunctional kind of uh, solution to the client because, as you guys know, a lot of clients have three, four, five, six different insurance companies they might be working with depending on lines yeah. of coverage. So now you've got three or four different portals you're logging into, so you don't really get an integrated approach there. And the same with the brokerage. We're all fairly um, fragmented in, in the way we kind of approach and do things to or use the information. And so we thought, gosh, clients really represent kind of the most homogeneous group in that ecosystem everybody's talking about ecosystems or open insurance or whatever it is and and we looked at the client and said that's the most homogeneous group if we actually created a solution that the rest of the industry could align around that group mm -hmm. we could actually take instead of kind of having this really kind of fragmented just a bunch of blips on the radar we could actually take it and make it a linear process right where that information flows from that endpoint or that source of truth across the industry wherever it needs to go to us at the brokerage or insurance companies uh, or other insure techs for that matter um, and and that's that was really the foundation for what we started out with the idea it's awesome yeah I mean <laughs> it's a hell of a step just from the perspective of your Focusing on the end user and the client, which doesn't really happen in this industry, you know, like all the tools are centered around 
you know, brokers and uh, insurance companies and competing on some of the same stuff, yeah. but not really focusing on who's actually buying this stuff and how can we make their life better. Yeah. Well, a couple yeah. things that popped in my head as you were talking there too is, um, you know, originally InsureTech comes out, it's the death of the independent agent. You know, that was the whole yeah. whole thing. Everybody's scared, right? Yep. And I think that, not that we talk a lot, we shouldn't be naive enough to think that if we don't continue to evolve, Correct. that that's not going to get good enough you to probably it. replace us. But much of then the InsureTech has shifted to support of brokers and independent agents and such. But where I think something you said there that's interesting that, that um, I agree with is you said the philosophical approach, which I think with tech and tools in general is the most important piece. Yep. Like what are we trying to solve first? What's yep. the problem? What's the uh, What could we gain if we could solve this, this yep. particular piece of the puzzle? And then go out and figure out what's going to help solve that. In your case, you're building it, right? Yep. But I think too many people get into the shiny object syndrome or, mm -hmm. you know, they, they and uh, we're all guilty of it. I mean, we've implemented many of things that were shiny objects mm -hmm. that we thought, you know, it would be great. Yep. But it didn't start from that. What do we need to accomplish? And then taking it a step further and saying, not what's good for us, but at the end of the day, what's going to be good for our clients. Yep. And that's, an, again, another philosophical shift that I think you guys put on it that um, ultimately – at the end of the day, if we do good by our clients, we're going to do just fine. You know, we're going to get more clients. They're going to be happier. Referrals, all of that stuff that goes into it. Um, so I think that's just a couple of takeaways because because um, I want to get your perspective on other insure techs. I know you keep a good pulse on mm -hmm. that that's out there. Um, but I think that the belief or, or the way that I view insure tech is it needs to make uh, give us the ability as humans operating in the business to be able to work with our clients more effectively. So Ryan has said it a thousand times, automate and, you know, put the tech in for the crap that doesn't impact the client experience, yep. you know, yep. and let us drive the client experience and be it. involved in it. Yep. Um, so yeah, maybe just your perspective on that, how Pharaoh kind of fits in and then what you're seeing out there. Yeah, InsureTech in general. Well, I, I think you nailed it. You look at early InsureTech, and I think it was kind of a pucker factor for yeah. brokers, right? Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, we're going to get you know kind of wedged out of this thing. And I think what got reiterated over time is clients still very much value a trusted partner, an advisor, right? Advice, yeah. yeah, and they want somebody who knows how to place coverage limits, deductibles, and coach them through that process. Because, um, you know, they're running a business, right? And, you know, I think the, the um, you know, the millennial generation, I think a lot of folks are wired to, hey, well, I can go out and be my own uh, financial advisor. I can be my own insurance advisor. I can do all these things. And I think what, again, what got reiterated is clients still want somebody to coach them through it. And so you use analogous, you look at analogous platforms, right? Like a TurboTax Okay. Well, that allows me to do my own taxes, but I'm not doing it alone. There's an advisor. There's a coaching component to that. And I think with Faro, um, launch very much the same way. It's, hey, tech can actually help that relationship be better, right? We can actually deploy tech to allow us to have even better, stronger relationships. It's not about disintermediating you know, the broker and getting them out of the equation. It's actually, hey, let's spend less time doing the things none of us like to do 
you know, gathering strength in that relationship yeah, and, and spend it on, on, um, advising and yeah. actually getting to know the business. So that totally agree with you there. And, and I think from a, the rest of the insure tech landscape, the marketplace, you know, one thing is that that's really started to resonate with me, um, as we've gone through this journey of just discovery and learning of building something is, um, there are a, just as fragmented as the broker and insurer marketplaces, the insure tech space is the same. Yeah. There's just a ton of it's solutions. It's getting worse in, to some degree. It is. And like you said, they're it's all over. shiny, right? There's, there's all these great solutions, mm -hmm. but they're kind of one point solutions, right? And, and so how do you take all these really cool solutions and create an integrated or bundled experience for a client, right? Really hard to do when there's a thousand of them. And so you might end up with a client who has 30 different logins for all the great resources you're help, helping to provide for them. So one of the things that's really started to resonate with me is this concept of a client tech stack, right? We talk about our tech stack at the brokerage all the time. Mm -hmm. Okay, what are we using for mm -hmm. CRM and AMS and on and on and on. What, what would it look like for us to actually step back and think about a client tech stack and if you think about it again going back to the philosophical approach if we align all those solutions around the client and many of those solutions are very collaborative in nature launches Faro is and and many many others now we have the ability to actually collaborate with the client around those solutions right and and so part of you know one of the undertones with Faro that we're really interested in exploring more as we get more traction is how do we help bundle all those different insurtech solutions into one sort of integrated solution for the client so they can access all these great you know great options great solutions that exist out there but kind of have a that one entry point right that turbo tax mm -hmm. or that intuit sort of experience for a small business <coughs> or businesses in general so when you say you're taking a look at client tech stack like is it in regard to the risk management industry or is it, are you evaluating all of the technology that a client that you would be targeting would have? Because I think that could go down an interesting path. Yeah, it's a great question. I think first and foremost, surrounding risk management related, mm -hmm. but I think what gets really interesting and as we go out and talk with clients, uh, you know, again, they're always willing to give you feedback. Um, we hear a lot of suggestions, right? Well, hey, actually, um, it would be really nice if uh, our asset tracking software that we use could integrate with our insurance schedules somehow, right? Mm -hmm. Like that'd be yes. really nice because now I, from a client perspective, they're like, well, I have my all my accounting, you know, depreciation schedules, asset tracking over here. But then I have to have a separate list for those same things for insurance. Like that to them, it's like, that doesn't make any sense, yeah. right? Like, why can't we integrate those? So it should be one source of truth. Yeah. So I don't know what that looks like other than talking about integrations and things like that on non-risk management related. But if you think about it, it in a, an entire, uh, everything at a client's location is ultimately risk management related in some, because it can present a risk or an totally. exposure or whatever, right? Yeah. So. Well, and Pharaoh's got a little bit of that built in i mean it's from the insurance perspective yep but yep. it keeps it up to date and all of that stuff which which is funny that's how i mean we've been talking for a long time but that's how we really got back into it was because literally we were solving this problem with third-party crap mm -hmm. all over the place yep. 
And then you and I are like, oh, yeah, let's get back together and chat. And it was like, oh, this is what we were trying to build. So perfect. <laughs> yep. I'll let you do the legwork on that and, because that's it. I mean, if like we have to have these things, but the, but there's multiple sources of truth. Like which one is the client going to keep the most up to date? And at the end of the day, there's no reason it shouldn't be the one that we have to keep up to date as well yep. in some form or fashion. Yeah, You know, it may not be the same as depreciation lists or whatever, yep. but, you know, I think there's a degree of that. You were going to say something. No, I just, you know, I start to think about uh, when you were saying evaluating things through the client's eyes, yeah. particularly the their their tech stack. And it started to get me thinking around how even that conversation changes on the advisory side because yeah. the same thing's true, right? They're not, most clients aren't looking for 13 different people to handle all of their issues. Yep. Right. And you said it. Risk is at the bottom of the pyramid with every single one of those. Yep. Not having a plan to exit the business is a risk. And yep. Paying too much in taxes if you have a crappy account is a risk. And mm-hmm. on and we can keep going. But like having the ability to evaluate that holistically, mm-hmm. pairing that with something that gave them like a view to look through yep. uh, holistically and to help integrate and take that, like their experience to another level is crazy. Yeah. Well, and I think there are, well, there's some, there's kind of two paths within tech. There's those that, and you and I've had some conversations on this, but there's those that want to plow their own path, right? No, don't really want to integrate. We're better than you. And you know, is what it is. See you later. And then there's others that are very much open source saying, we believe in abundance thinking. We believe that, you know, we can come together and create something much better than any one of us is going to create on our own, Uh, which is how we kind of look at at launch. And I know you look at Pharaoh. I think that's very important. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, there's nothing wrong with, I guess, those that want to plow their own path. But um, if we're really thinking about what is best for our clients, viewing it from that angle, yep. it's going to take many different, you know, yep. systems talking and working together versus that fragmented approach. Yep. Right. Yep. And what, I, do you, what are you kind of seeing out there, I guess, maybe well, from that angle? Are most plowing their own path or are most looking to... I, you know, my perspective is early, early in tech was very much, <clears throat> hey, we're going to we're going to disrupt the industry. We're going to do it on our own. And the, the observation I've had in, and we're in a lot of partnership discussions with existing solutions out there, because again, abundance thinking, we don't want to recreate the wheel on really fantastic solutions that already exist. Most of them are very open to the discussion of, Hey, what's it look like to have a partnership? How do we ultimately one improve the industry right for the better overall but ultimately how do we actually serve the client best and i think most that i've had the the pleasure of speaking with are are very much open to hey we get it like this has to ultimately serve the client and anything we can do to do that better we're willing to explore and and look at so that's been encouraging as we've gotten further into this um because you don't know what you're going to get yeah. until you start having those conversations. And, and I think, um, again, we've been very pleased with the, the response from a lot of the, those existing solutions out there. So 
That's good. And you know, the trick is again, it's data and how do you get data from A to B and mm -hmm. um, especially when you've got as many solutions that exist, that becomes kind of an overwhelming thing. So our approach has been, okay, let's really create a focus on what we think drives the most value for the client and focus there first, right? Mm -hmm. So we're biased. We think Pharaoh provides a lot of value for the client, but then what's that next thing that we think we could layer in that provides the, you know, the next immediate, you know, relief or immediate value. And then that's where we focus. Mm -hmm. um, and so we just kind of have a roadmap of, hey, we want to, we want to partner here first, and then this is the next one on the list and just keep moving down until you really are able to provide a client with that full bundled kind of suite of, of solutions, if you will. Well, and I think that there's an opportunity, like in the past, the legacy systems just owned everything. You just, there was no other opportunity and it still is to a degree because it's so expensive on the legacy systems that it's very difficult to go out and, and it's just from a sheer investment perspective, it's difficult. It's difficult to make the change monetarily, all the stuff. Yeah. I think once you get to making a change and that's done, agencies that have done it, and a lot of them now are piecing together those solutions. So rather than reply on applied systems to build your, mm -hmm. you know, your front end CRM, yep. which doesn't exist applied, um, <laughs> you know, your, your back end document management, yep. your certificate management, all the stuff it's saying, we yep. can, you know, we can piece those out and bring in and evaluate each, each area again, thinking about what do we need to accomplish yep. first and then bring in the right tool. And like you said, create that linear approach to it. And again, this is on the agency side, but it should ultimately be looked at. One of those things allows us to provide the most value back to our client. Yep. Um, and, and again, that's that's probably the piece that's missed a lot because we talk internally. And it's hard to make sure that we check ourselves on that, that it's client experience has mm -hmm. got to be thought of first. Yep. Not necessarily just this makes it a little quicker for us because the client doesn't give a crap. Yep. You know? Yep. And ultimately, sometimes maybe those things make it worse for the client. Yep. You're asking the client to do more or. Yep. You, you know, know that's the worst thing you can do. And I think the agency <clears throat> management systems, that's the trick, right, is is one, um, that's what they are. They're not client management systems. They're agency management yeah. systems. They're designed to manage. That's a great agency. way to put it. I haven't had anybody. I haven't heard that terminology before. It, it, it's kind of funny because it, it again, it's a nuance, right? It's a, oh, totally. it's a philosophy, but yeah. But it's, it, but it's it's, it's true because they're not and never were designed to really create a great experience for the client. They were designed to create a great experience for the brokerage. Well, not maybe great. Yeah. they're designed to get yeah. a few things. I mean, like if we're going to be generous, <laughs> if we're yeah. going to be generous here, but but I think that's where what's interesting is as brokerages identify that nuance, right? Oh yeah, this isn't really for the client. We got to figure out the client side ourselves, what the, the, you know, the legacy AMS systems, the struggle there is one, as you said, the cost, but then once you have some cool solutions that you want to deploy for a client, you got to figure out what the cost to actually get to use the data that's already in your agency management system is because you're going to get charged to oh, yeah. be able to access it and use it how you want. And that's another prohibitive you know, it's not an abundance mentality. It's no. a, it's a prohibitive approach to saying, well, no, all that data, it's staying in the system, and it's going to be really hard for you to get it out. And if you can, we're going to charge you a lot yeah. for it. You know, mm -hmm. and so I think a on lot top of, of what we're already yeah, charging it, a lot to do. Yeah, on top of it, yeah. <laughs> you can you can tell my opinion on all no, these legacy systems. I, don't, I I I'll tell you as we go out and start pushing, uh, Faro to the brokerage marketplace. 
the conversations we have with brokerages across the country are everyone's in the same boat. Yeah. They're trying to figure it's out. It's simply a lack of a better option. Yep. That's it. Yep. Which is Well, it's lack of a better option, but I think it's also lack of understanding about how to get there. It's a big, it's a, yeah. it's a daunting yeah. task. It's daunting. That's exactly well stated. And, and, but mainly because they're handcuffed. It's not because the new solution is sweet. It's that like, it's getting from A to B. Yeah. 100%. They're handcuffed. I think yeah. handcuffed is well stated. Totally. I mean, cause and the other thing I would encourage everybody to think about, cause this is a shift in thinking too. I mean, the, the legacy systems essentially took old processes that were that we utilized prior to having the agency management system and just digitized it. Yep. That's it. They didn't think about how we could do it differently because we have technology. It was like, let's just digitize what we're already doing. And if you actually sit down and think about how you walk through a whatever process yep. in Applied or Vertifor or whatever it is, or AMS360, that's exactly what happens. But the problem is because of that, agencies don't haven't ever typically thought outside the box. I know many have, don't get me wrong, yeah. but it's very easy to get caught in that trap. You have to do it the way that the system makes you do it. Yep. And so in order to pull out of that and insert something else is that daunting task because you have to pull yourself out of it's basically the way they're trying to tell you to do it, the way you've always done it, and start to really boil it down to the base level or base steps of the process and start to think about how you could change it. And, and it is daunting. And then you throw in the handcuffs and just all of the well, yeah. crap. That the fact <clears throat> that like, there's accounting systems looped in there, you know, is crazy. And then you've got the scary tax situation. It's like, well, my accounting's off. And then I'm dealing with the IRS and the government. And then, you know, like it gets really... It doesn't take too long for people to be like, okay, it's just yeah, throwing the towel. Not this year. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We'll kick that bucket just a little bit further down the road. Exactly. And at the end of the day, the sad thing is I really don't think you need much to to be able to service your clients from a tech perspective. I mean, I know there's several uh, agencies that are using just like agency Zoom and like now certs or yep. stuff like that that are pretty basic stuff. Yeah, I mean they're and they're great systems, but they're just simple. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't need a ton. Yep. And I think that's the key is is a lot of these are, are really boiling it down to the basics of what we actually need to do. Yep. Uh, we don't need to manually attach every email because that can just be done by the system. Yep. Um, it's just so it's just crazy. But I think it's it's good to see. Um, you know, there's a term like David Crothers uses Ryan Hanley and all those, but uh, built for agents by agents, and it's just launch. It's Faro. It's all of us looking at it and going, we're just pissed off enough at what's out there that we can allocate some resources and just go build something that works. Yep. And then you get out and you talk to people and they're like, hey, we need that too. And you're like, well, shoot, let's go talk to a bunch of people about it. Well, I think <clears throat> what's interesting about your comment there is, um, you know, we, we call, uh, use the term legacy systems, right, to describe it. But you also have to think of it in terms of legacy entities legacy brokerages right and brokerages um have been doing it the same way for a lot of years right like you said even though that when agency management systems came into play in the what early 80s mid 80s i think somewhere around there and and they digitized those processes but the processes never really changed it was totally same same thing since that time and so when you're talking about tech and change 
that's scary. That's daunting mm. too for a brokerage because it's like, well, we've always done it this way. Change is always scary. Um, but it's kind of like that turning that Titanic in a pool, right? Like legacy brokerages yeah. or, you know, it's we're the Titanic and you and we want to figure out how to get digitized and have a digital marketing, you know, uh, uh, capacity and and all those things but it's really hard to, to turn it and so what's interesting is you look at some of the uh, newer agencies who have jumped on to the country's you know top hundred list like seemingly overnight a lot of them are brand new you know they actually built the agency on a digital yeah. chassis yeah. versus trying to turn that Titanic in the pool and so I think it's just an interesting case study to look at to say okay man their 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 growth is skyrocketing what facilitates that you know is it is it are they doing everything the same way it's always been done or have they really kind of turned the industry on its ear and figured out a, a way to be more efficient more compelling more dynamic with their clients and all those things right so it's a it's a big hairy problem to solve um and, and unwind if you will but it's it's fun and it's there's a problem there. Everybody acknowledges yeah. there's a problem. That's what's fun is <laughs> yeah. there's a, there's an unlimited amount of problems. This yeah. What happened to the Titanic, Chris? Well, it ended up sinking. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. It didn't turn. <laughs> I think it's a yeah. That's what that's what uh, keeps us motivated. I, and we yeah. talk we talk that's about exactly this a right. ton. There's a couple things I wanted to pick your brain on. Uh, customer experience is one of them. But then quickly before that, on the heels of what you were just saying, like Elliot and I have been chatting a lot about, you know, scalability in this industry yeah. and how do you really do it? You know, without like, let's take agency acquisition off the table mm -hmm. yep. and let's take hiring new producers off the table. Tell me how you're going to grow 350% next year. It's a great question. You can't I, do it. You can't do it. You know, and even with the producer thing, that's like, uh, it, we can go miles deep with this, but our industry's response has always been, we go find the next Chris mm -hmm. and we train him for three years yep. and we get him up and running and then Chris is in a killer year. Or don't put you on, fire him. Yeah. But yeah. And, we're, and then we're back <laughs> square one. Yeah. With the, yeah. yeah. And which is a real, very real problem, yep. right? I mean, there's a bunch of statistics out there. I don't know them off the top of my head, but of the washout of producers mm -hmm. in the industry. Um, and But even uh, you're successful, you're up and running in a good year, you're putting on 100, 150,000 in revenue, right? It's a great year. Yeah. And year. that, so each person doing a great year is building the, the company by 100, 150 grand a year. It's just, you can grow well, you can grow a business, you know, in the double digits doing that, but you're not going to be able to scale. You're not going to be able to do, you know, everybody's kind of shitting on lemonade right now, which we yep. can too if we want, yep. but in reality, they're scaling like hell, Yeah, right? They, and they started with one line and they're starting to branch out. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're coming and they're getting it figured out. You know, they hit some roadblocks to start, but don't, I mean, they're going to get it figured out. And it's things like that, that you look at where they're at and they've scaled like crazy. Yep. So, anyways, I totally <laughs> derailed well, you on that, but we get passionate about it because it's like we have to figure this out as an, as an industry if we want to keep up with the growth. Well, and and I think what where my head goes to your to your comment, how do you do it, right? Um, Pessimistic Elliot said it's impossible, but it, it's no, not I think no, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no words in my mouth. Damn it! This is my deal. I, so I'm the eternal optimist, I, I like to a fault. I'm the, an optimist, but 
You know, what's interesting is um, you look at the industry overall, right? And, and you step back and you think, okay, how, do we, how are we going to grow? How are we going to grow with all these dynamics and SureTechs, Lemonades, all these different things that are going on out there? And to me, the agencies I've been out in, in discussing things with, it's that, it's that digital capture of a business, right? Mm-hmm. It's that like small commercial, right? How do, we, how do we automate those processes where we can actually make money on those low premium, low revenue accounts? but still service them efficiently and well and get them in the door. And it seems like a lot of those, the, the agencies I'm talking to is they actually are light years ahead of a lot of agencies in terms of actually pulling business in, like a lot of companies, non-insurance risk management are digitally, right? How do we mm-hmm. capture business traffic flow from the site and, you know, Google ads and all these different things? Because, you know, think about it. If you're starting a business, and you don't happen to know, you know, one of one of us dorks who's selling insurance. <laughs> you know, where are you going to go? You're like, oh, I'm going to go online and type in the Google. How do I find insurance? Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting to think about like helping brokerages uh, plan for that because, to your point, where my head goes is perpetuation. Right. Oh. I know you guys probably saw GTA just got yep. purchased here recently and, and another one bites the and dust. another one bites and it just <laughs> keep. I mean, every day you wake up another one and another one. It's getting fun. Yeah. Well, it's fun because <laughs> it's opportunity, it's yeah, opportunity, for, for, I think for, for, cause what you're talking, I mean, you're, you're talking about small accounts and creating a value proper uh, around that. And every agency in Nebraska, other than two, Big, you know, the, the the players in the state, at least, like other than two, are not focused on anything under ten grand in revenue yep. right now. Like it's literally sitting there on a platter. Yes. For you to just go take. Yep. And, but yet, people are struggling to look back at their models, going, "Well, but how in the hell are we going to make it profitable?" Yep. Which is mind blowing. Oh, maybe a great segue, though, to client experience. I want to pick your brain on this because a lot of it goes back to that, right? If you're going to differentiate yourself, it's not just what happens in your four walls. It's how you communicate to the client, what you deliver, how you show value, blah, 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 blah. Has anyone in the insurance industry figured out the ideal client experience? Hmm. (laughs) Man, I don't think so. I think it's a tough thing because clients are very diverse in what they actually want, right? You, I mean, you guys have clients who uh, text you, call you. They want very interactive. You have others who, you know, to some degree, don't want to hear from you unless mm-hmm. you know you got good news. And, and it's across that spectrum. And then you think about large commercial, small commercial, employee benefits. You know, that whole spectrum of hey, what is a client actually want and I think to a degree the industry has done a really poor job of training clients on what they should want or expect from us right because we've kind of told them here's what you should expect and I think it's been uncommon cheaper price yeah <laughs> yeah I mean right like I that's say 15 percent yeah I only want to spend 15 which has nothing to do with an experience but anyway <laughs> but that's the point right like yeah. it's we've kind of trained them exactly. to 
be price hawks, right? Like that's at the end of the day, that's yeah. that's kind of on us and on insurance companies. I was going to say, I'd put, yeah, we got to share the blame a little bit. Yeah, yeah, totally Maybe agree. Because at the end of the day, if it, that's the fun part about projects like we're talking about is is it's messaging, it's education, all that comes with it, right? Hey, actually helping you spend less time on the P's and Q's and automating some of that allows you client to focus on managing risk, right? What can we do to help you with safety and loss control and all those things? And I think that's where it's interesting to step back and say like, hey, as the industry, you've actually done a really good, ever done a good job of understanding a client's wants or expectations and meeting them there and, at, and providing it. But I think part of it is because brokerages, carriers were so bogged down on pushing paper, you know, it's hard to step back from the, you know, just kind of the tasks at hand and actually mm -hmm. go meet them where they're at and figure out what their need or want is. And that's where the human element comes into play and, and why clients still value an advisor, right? Because a computer can't meet them where that's they're where at. That's where the time should yeah. be spent. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's where the tech comes in and is valuable. Taking the other stuff off the plate to allow you to spend time with the client. Um, and we've, we've referenced this before, but we, uh, one of Dan Allison's episodes, um, he talked about a way to, he calls it feedback marketing, but it's a way yeah. to get the, that feedback from your clients, um, yeah. talk to them about referrals, and then make sure they know everything that you can do for them. Yeah. Which are three very important things, but but that should be a separate meeting. Should with, with don't do it at the end of an insurance renewal or anything because you're not going to get through it correctly, yeah. you know. But but I think that's what we end up. The focus is all the way around insurance, always, you know, not necessarily around uh, that experience. What what are the most important things that the client should be doing, right? Yeah. Um, and I just think it goes back to our industry spending just has to spend the right amount of time thinking about. And we never really have. Yeah. And I don't know what the reason for that is. You know, I think insurance carriers control a lot of the process, right? We're reliant on them to get us the pricing, the terms on their timelines, you know, as much as we want to push them. Um, and so I think some of that is dictated to us. And so we're responding to it. We just don't probably put enough time into, you know, it from the client's perspective, I guess. Yeah. And, I mean, who knows? But I think it's, Charles Speck maybe on his podcast, but um, and I'm pro probably going to butcher it a little bit, but clients want basically three things, right, when it comes to insurance. They want the right coverage, obviously. That's why they buy it. Yep. They want it, they don't want to pay more than they have to. You know, yep. I mean, some people would say cheaper price, but at the end of the day, they, they're, they're fine with paying a, a fair price. Fair price. Yep. Yep. Value-oriented. Yep. yep. And then at the end of the day, they want you to save them time. They want to be time efficient. They're yep. busy. And if you can solve those three things for clients, you're going to win a lot of business. You're going to keep it. Yep. But to me, out of that, I hear client experience. Yep. <laughs> because all those three things are facilitated through a good client experience. Yep. You know, again, you don't have to go get the cheapest price. But if you're, if the clients are satisfied with the price you're providing for the value you're providing, no brainer. Yep. So. Well, we covered a lot of ground. I think yeah. uh, we're getting a signal from Big Al, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was fun, man. Yeah, uh, great. We'll have to. Thanks uh, for having me. I appreciate it. You, you, guys, it, you guys are doing great work. Keep doing it, man. It's the yeah. The only way change comes is talking about it, right? That's like with anything in life. You got to put it on the table and start dissecting it. So the work you guys do with the podcast is great. Really appreciate what you guys are doing, man. Yeah, you yeah. too, man. We'll, uh, we'll have to have you back on and, and keep keep an update on what's going on. Would love to do that. All right, dude. Take See care. You next time. See ya. 
Thank you for tuning in to Getting Past the Premium. We are excited to continue breaking down barriers and finding solutions together. If you would like to reach out regarding anything you heard in today's episode, find links and contact info in the description. Until next time, have a great day and let's continue getting past the premium.